Hello, welcome to Vet Club. This is Vet Club. <laughs> I'm out of practice. <laughs> Are you yeah, going to say anything? Oh, okay. It's like you're not saying anything. I'm working the controls. Oh. I have to make sure I don't push wrong buttons. You also have forgotten how to do this. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can push that. <laughs> we don't have our setup. I know. We're still... Okay, so this is episode two post-fire. Um, so we're still a little slow. Sorry, we're not putting out the episodes like at an amazing clip, but... You know, it'll get better. It, maybe <laughs> we'll try. We'll try. No promises. Don't. I think you're supposed to under promise and over deliver, not the opposite. Over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So luckily, there's 130 episodes that you can go back and listen to again. That's true. <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose you could. Um. Pick your favorite. So, um, this is going to be what I don't. What what thread is this on? We're going to talk about. Did you do problem. this recently? I don't think you did this recently. No, we haven't done this. I mean, like, you, like in the clinic. Uh, we had one a while ago, but not recently. Yeah, so yeah, this is not be a, a vet week. club. Vet club. Well, yeah. the whole the whole not show the is week. vet club. Isn't it? What's the sub thing? Anyway, there's vet. We're club, not going to spend too much time on this. Vet books, which is it's, the ER book. That so we this is done just a, while a regular episode. The book was in the fire. Oh yeah, and then that's right. Then there's the week. Yeah, this isn't a week. So this is just a show. There's the spotlight, but we don't it's do that, that anymore because you don't have any more friends. Ouch. <laughs> we're going to blame that one on COVID. All right. This is going to be a regular episode where we're going to, we have a topic. This is a topic um, that was inspired by a case um, I saw a while back um, and I wanted to share. So we're going to talk about ethylene glycol today. Um, What's that? Antifreeze. 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 So ethylene glycol is the toxic component of antifreeze. Um, it's in things other than antifreeze, but that's the most common thing that people are familiar with. Um, so like a coolant or whatever for car radiators or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not a mechanic. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm kind of like a dog mechanic. <laughs> um, and maybe a cat mechanic. I don't know. Nobody understands cats. So I wanted to talk about this because I was in, you know, Florida for eight years where we didn't see a whole lot of antifreeze. Yeah, you don't Texas have to worry about freezing when there's nothing three freezes. freezing days a year. I don't even think there were three. I think it's people, about three. people exaggerated a little bit in Florida about how cold it got. When we had to cover the plants in the winter, we even had plants during the winter. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have plants in the winter up here. Yeah. They, it was about, it was about five days a year you had to do it yeah, and that was, was when it got prob- below 40 it's probably overnight. not really even necessary um so we've I've, I've seen since we've been in virginia um a number of cases which is um any number is more than i want to see of this because it's just a really awful um toxin and um and i think it's one that bears talking about because there's a few key features that um are really really important for folks to remember so that when um, <clears throat> you think, uh, or you hear ethylene glycol, I, I want people to just like drill into their brain. I have to move incredibly quickly. Like seconds matter. That's what I want people to, to take away from this episode. Is ethylene glycol, is that the, the red one? The red one? Well, they, they, like most of the things are color coded. I think that one's Oh, I don't know. Red. Okay. You don't know. I don't know. Um, like the actual, you mean like the packaging? Yeah. The fluid. Oh, the fluid's not red. There's fluid blue? No, I think it's, well, it's clear, I think mostly, but then it fluoresces to like, sometimes it's like a, a like electric purple color. And then under a black light, it turns like a, elect, like a lime highlighter green under like a woods lamp. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like clear unless like some color has been added to it. Yeah, it but the like problem with it, it's purple. got a sweet taste apparently. And so dogs and cats will like voluntarily lick it up, which is sucky because it is quite toxic. So um, 
you know, the, the, the funny thing about it, it, it's very toxic, first of all. Like, it doesn't take a lot to kill a dog or a cat. And cats are potentially even, not, maybe not more sensitive, well, maybe even a little more sensitive to it, I think, from a like a mils per pound toxic dose. Um, but also, they metabolize it very quickly. Um, so the, the timeline that you have is even shorter in cats than it is in dogs, but it's really short in everybody. So hours, we're talking hours and the, the faster you um, recognize it and treat it, the, the better chances are of saving that animal. Um, so yeah, um, the, the ethylene glycol kind of comes in sort of three phases, like the, the toxidrome, like what happens to the animal. Um, and if you, you miss it in phase one, you probably aren't going to save the animal. Like that's just the hard truth of this. Like these are going to be, if they get a toxic dose, which is a small amount, uh, the chances of it being fatal, if you don't treat it immediately, uh, or essentially within a few hours, the mortality rate is incredibly high. So it sucks. So you have a very small window and that's why I want to like harp on this with people, um, that, it's not something we see all the time every day, but it's one of those things that like we try to drill it into your brain so that when you do see it, the, the thing I want people to remember is I have to work really fast at this. I have to stop what I'm doing and focus on this until I get, yeah. get it's things It's high started. up in the triage scale. Yes. Um, and, and it's tricky uh, because the animal is fine right now, but that's when that's our window is when they're fine. So toxicities are kind of a tricky one um, when it comes to triaging because you're not triaging it based on how is the animal doing right now. You're mm -hmm. basing it on how is the animal going to be doing in a day and a half. And the answer is if you don't treat ethylene glycol right now, it's going to be dead in a day and a half. So uh, which if sucks. I want to get in quick mm -hmm. at an ER, <laughs> yeah. I just say, I think it may have gotten into some antifreeze, but I'm not sure. Yeah. It's been limping. Yeah. Um, we're going to spend thousands of dollars for that. Like you, you better be prepared to spend a lot of money is the other thing because in order to treat it. So we're, let, we'll talk a little bit about that. So the, the phases of ethylene glycol toxic, uh, ethylene glycol toxicity, the first one. It seems like there's only two. There's the, the first hour where it's like, okay. And then everything else is dead. Kind of. Yeah. And, and, and the problem is if phase one is when we can treat successfully. We can treat it any phase before they die, but the only one that's really going to work is phase one, um, a sort of. So phase one is shortly after ingestion, within about half an hour or so, um, they're going to start acting drunk. That's the, you know, they're going to be incoordinated It's because it's going to behave similar to alcohol in the system. So they're going to act kind of drunk. You may not even notice it. It may not be that bad. Um, so most cases that are successfully treated are either witnessed ingestions or the people saw the drunk phase and like, that's not right. Um, and, and take them in right away or, but there's like possibility of ethylene glycol exposure. Um, so that's going to happen fairly quickly after ingestion, about a half an hour. And then the, the sucky, the sucky part is that they're going to get better after that. It doesn't sound like a sucky part, but it's a sucky part because if you miss that phase, then they act fine for, you know, the next 12 to 24 hours and then their kidneys shut down. Um, and the, the thing about ethylene glycol is the ethylene glycol itself isn't all that bad for you. It's what your liver does to it. So um, it gets converted. It's got four or five different metabolites. Um, so it gets converted in various stages uh, in the liver to its different metabolites. And we need to try to prevent the conversion to its later metabolites because the metabolites are what are so toxic. The ethylene glycol itself is not all that toxic if it, if it was left alone. 
Um, but we don't leave it alone because your liver's like, hey, this has some, this has filter some, everything. Well, it's, it's not even filter. It's like I gotta, I gotta modify this. There's like all these these things poking out, and I have this enzyme over here that's just waiting to convert this into something else. And so um, ethylene glycol gets converted by alcohol dehydrogenase into uh, glycoaldehyde, which is also not that terrible. But then it gets converted again, and the next one is uh, glyco. Uh, no, wait, I mixed these up. It's glycolic acid is the step three, and then glyoxalic acid, step four, and then oxalic acid is five. And it's those last two that are really bad that kill the kidneys. So we need to prevent that. That's the key. And we have to do it soon because the liver is like a little busy bee in there. It's just like, oh, there's stuff to do. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. And those toxic metabolites will go and um, break your kidneys, essentially permanently. Like it's not a thing once we get to the uh, kidney failure stage that uh, is really reversible. So, um, yeah, the the treatment is preventing that conversion. And, and there's two broad ways that we can do that. And one is to give um, a fairly expensive uh, drug that's going to occupy that enzyme, that alcohol dehydrogenase in the liver, and just prevent it from converting the ethylene glycol into the glycoaldehyde and also preventing the glycoaldehyde into uh, the glyco... Or sorry, what did I say? There's that and like an oxalic acid. No, that's, that's the end. I always The third one's the one that gets me every time. But um, so steps two and three are both converted by alcohol dehydrogenase. And, um, and so... That's what we want to prevent. So we can give a drug called 4-methylpyrazole. Uh, the trade name is fomepazole, or sometimes also called 4-MP for 4-methylpyrazole. Um, and so that what that will do is we'll occupy the alcohol dehydrogenase, and then the ethylene glycol and the glycoaldehyde can just be excreted, and that's okay. Um, but if you don't have the fomepazole, the 4-MP, on your shelf, because it's fairly expensive, so if you don't see these a lot, you may not, the other thing you can do is get the animal super-duper drunk. Um, and that is actually the treatment where we give intravenous alcohol, ethanol. Um, so we'll go and just, you know, a bottle of vodka legitimately and it's sterile cause it's alcohol and you give it intravenously and you get them blackout drunk. Um, the four methylpyrazole is preferred because they don't get drunk. So they're not going to have alcohol poisoning. Um, but the treatment for ethylene glycol, if you don't have that drug is alcohol poisoning because <laughs> you get them really, really drunk, but you have to do this within a few hours. The, if you look it up, it'll say eight to 12 hours for dogs. And I would say, mm -mm, I, it, that's too long. Um, you really need to do it probably within four to six hours. Um, and, and the thing is, it's not like there's a, a specific cutoff, like at six hours, the window closes and there's nothing you can do. But like, as the liver starts working right away, um, it's going to start yeah, it converting on a little bit like what the liver was doing before. Well, and yeah, what else is going on? What's the capacity of the liver? Um, but it's going to start making those conversions right away. And, um, and so depending on the dose that they took in, um, and how effective your liver is and how busy that, you know, enzyme is, but all of those metabolites that you create. It's when you get down to the oxalic acid, like that's damaging kidneys and you're losing nephrons. And so as minutes go on, nephrons are being murdered. Like that's what's happening. And so the sooner you can get the treatment in, the more kidney function you can save. And uh, the longer it takes you to get moving with things, the more nephrons, the, the functional unit of the kidney, they're dying, they're dying, they're dying. And you're not getting those back. And the good news is we, you know, we only need half of one kidney, um, but 
this works pretty fast and, and, you know, ethylene glycol will be converted very quickly and effectively into its toxic metabolites if we don't work fast. And so I don't want people to be like, oh, it's okay. I have eight to 12 hours. No, minutes matter. Seconds matter. So if you think it's ethylene glycol, boom, we got to get moving now. Um, one of the, go ahead. So what's the, the difference in this? It sounds like the, like how you take care of the antifreeze is you dilute it with alcohol and then the liver treats the alcohol with its enzymes and misses some of the exactly you're you're keeping it so why does that work but normally like when you when people want to use like fluids to dilute something out well because you're not diluting it out you're giving it something specifically to occupy those enzymes in the liver but so does the antifreeze then just go through the body yeah exactly so why doesn't it um why doesn't the liver keep it um like it's like hey this is a job i need to do Oh yeah. It's just like it, the, the, uh, the ethylene glycol is just like passing by and it's like, Oh, I have a thing that I can do to modify that. And so it will, mm-hmm. the liver doesn't know any better. It's not that clever. Um, but so if it doesn't do modify the- it, then it, it will just get excreted unchanged. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to get excreted based on, uh, probably first order kinetic, you know, pharmacokinetics. So basically like, Oh, we have this much. The half-life is this, um, but the liver is going to convert it. But if we keep those alcohol dehydrogenase enzymes busy, yeah. Then the ethylene glycol swims on by and it gets excreted. Whereas um, if you just use fluids, the enzymes are still they're there. Still and they're still there. Going to a, because the alcohol the dehydro- is going to be grabbing them as they swim by. It's kind of like um, like the I Love Lucy thing where they're working on the, yeah. the thing and there's just <laughs> too much for them to do. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, and if you have a preference for the 4-methylpyrazole, right? You're like, oh, I prefer to eat the caramel-filled chocolates. So you're going to preferentially pick up the caramel-filled chocolates that are going by on the conveyor Oh, so belt. they would prefer to pick up the regular alcohol too? Is that a thing? Um, I don't know if that's or a preference so much chance. or if it's just you're flooding the system, yeah. right? Like you there's just, just so much more. Dilute it out with things it's going to use and it's going to, if yeah. you have four times I guess as much d- as the I wouldn't antifreeze. use the term dilution because it's going to confuse people, but it yeah. is correct that that's what you're doing. You are, but you're more, it's not that you're diluting out the ethylene glycol. It is that you are flooding the system with something yeah, else. Yeah, it's too much work. Yes. Um, and so if and you've got a hundred ethanol molecules compared to every one ethylene glycol molecule, statistically speaking, yeah. right, the ethanol is going to bind to the um, alcohol dehydrogenase and then the ethylene glycol is just going to swim on by. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're basically just trying to occupy that enzyme. And you're able to get it quicker because you do an IV and that gets, cause I, I just kind of think with the, the fluids, it's all, so you're going to get to the antifreeze first. Yeah. Well, there's like a two-step process too, to get to the really toxic thing. So you have to go from ethylene glycol to the, uh, glycoaldehyde and oh, then yeah, to the, right. That. There's multiple the steps. same enzyme has it's to the attack same, it's it. First two, two steps. Two or three times. Yeah. So the first two steps are the same enzyme and it's the fourth and fifth metabolites that are the most toxic. So I have a second chance too, Mm -hmm. which is probably partly why that you have a little bit more time. Um, But again, the way I think about it is like, I have a hundred ethylene glycol molecules, right? Well, they're not all instantly going to be metabolized by the liver. It's going to be like an assembly line, kind of like you, not literally, obviously, but kind of like you described, I'm going to get this one and then this one and then this one. And anyone that I miss is going to just get excreted. Um, But then I flood the system with a bunch of alcohol. um, And so like, basically when I get to it as the clinician, some of those ethylene glycol molecules have already been metabolized to the next step. Right. And then some of them have even already been metabolized to the next step and the next step. But I'm trying to, to keep that number as low as I can. So if even if I'm coming in late, I just want to flood that system, keep the alcohol dehydrogenase busy. Now, the interesting thing is when I do that, I'm 
extending the half-life of the ethylene glycol, right? Um, because like I'm, I'm changing the pharmacokinetics of it. And so I do have to treat the half-life of ethylene glycol, I think is like four or five hours normally. Um, but it extends and depending on, I think this is where the, the studies get a little mixed on how long you extend the, ha the half-life far. So how long do you have to treat with the antidote or the alcohol is a little variable, probably dose dependent, on which we really know how much they actually got. Um, but you are messing with the pharmacokinetics and dynamics of this. So it makes it a little more confusing. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've talked myself into a circle there now. Uh -huh. Um, so I don't actually care if people remember necessarily, like you can look all this stuff up. There's a bajillion things on the internet that will be like, this is the steps and these are the things. But what I want people to remember is we have to act now. Um, so if you have a case um, that is possibly ethylene glycol, you have a couple of options. Um, you need one, everything needs to be done quickly. So we can't be like, well, let's hem and haw about that. No, we need to make some decisions. So if you are working in a facility that has 4-methylpyrazole or, you know, um, the, or just a bottle of vodka on your shelf, basically I'm going to talk to the clients and say, here's the deal. Um, here is the likelihood or not. Like based on what you've told me, this is my concern that your dog has gotten ethylene glycol. I've done these, like, so we'll, we'll back up a little bit, but um, there are various tests you can do to try to support a diagnosis of ethylene glycol. There are some commercially available tests. They're not great. This is um, the sort of thing like it's worth the risk to like, we think it may have gotten in and it looks like it has yes. just go ahead and exactly right. give it the alcohol yes. poisoning. Yes. So that's exactly what I'm going to talk to clients about. I'm going to say, look, you, what you've told me, this fits with it being ethylene glycol. If we are wrong and your dog didn't get into, or your cat didn't get into ethylene glycol and we treat it. Here are the bad things that happen. Um, and your cat or dog survives, right? Like the odds of dying from the treatment are very, very low because we're going to provide the supportive care and blah, blah. And you're going to be out some money. It's going to be probably a few thousand dollars realistically either way. Um, cause either the four MP is expensive or the ethylene glycol, the hospitalization and supportive care is going to be cheaper just to go to a bar. Yeah, it is. Um, but then, you know, you get blackout drunk and somebody takes you to the hospital and then insurance covers that. But so I'm going to, that's the conversation I'm going to have with the clients is say, look, the risk, if we don't treat is you're gambling and you're gambling with your pet's life. I mean, literally. Um, so if there's that, that's their choice, right. Is to say like, I don't know for sure. Now, again, there are pieces of information that I can get. You can do one of the ethylene glycol tests um, and they are not hundred percent reliable, so there's definitely the possibility of false positives and false negatives and, um, and not everybody carries them. The other thing that I will tend to do, um, I like to do a blood gas and I'm looking for a metabolic acidosis, um, that doesn't have another explanation. So it's not a diabetic ketoacidosis. It's not a, um, can you just do lactic. like a breathalyzer? No, no, that's not a thing that we have. I don't know if it would work anyway, because it's not actual. I, yeah, I don't know how. What the, I, I'm not super familiar with breathalyzer. What if I discovered a new way to diagnose this? You just train the dog. Okay, wrap your lips around this. No, you'd have some sort of like yeah, tape or something. Adapter. I don't know. Um, oh, but I could I shove it in its nose. I don't know if that would because you're it's ethylene glycol. It's not ethanol or like I don't know what breathalyzers yeah. are actually detecting. But anyway, we're just going to we'll, say we'll try works. that another time. Okay. We're, gonna, we're not saying it works. Topher said it works. He goes, don't start using that in place of other more validated methods, but you can look into that. We'll see what mm -hmm. we can find later. Um, but I like a, just a, a 
metabolic acidosis without like a high lactate, without a hyperglycemia, without uremia um, is, is where I'm going to start. And, you know, you can do a urine test and look for the, um, you know, calcium oxalate crystals in the urine. But at that point, like we're getting kind of late. Um, so I, I think it's really what you were implying is we should just have the conversation. Look, if we think this is a possibility, we should just treat because we have, this is our narrow window and, and that's what I'm going to tend to tell people. And if you're in a practice where you're like, oh, we don't carry this four methylpyrazole, um, we should send them, you know, this other place that's three hours away. Don't do that. Go to the liquor store and buy some vodka and treat it there because the time it's going to take them to be discharged from your hospital, drive to the other place, get stuck in traffic, then they get to the other place and then they got to go through their whole, like, nope, you just put that animal's life at risk. Look it up. It's going to take you less time to go online and look up the treatment and what's the dosing for the ethanol and just do that. Like that's, that's what's going to save that animal's life. So now if it's like five minutes down the road and you can get that done quickly, okay. Um, but like you got to make some smart choices about time. Time, time, time is the most important thing is that is we cannot have the clients hemming and hawing for two hours. We can't like, you can't be like, oh, I have these four other patients that are waiting to be seen. Somebody needs to get on top of this right now. Like we need to divide and conquer because like every minute we delay, nephrons are dying. Like that's how I think about it in my head. I'm losing nephrons. Losing, we got to move. We got to move. Um, and I don't know how else to emphasize that. <laughs> it's just so important. Um, and yeah, if you're wrong and you treat it with like, like probably the worst case scenario is if you don't provide excellent supportive care and they get really drunk and then they aspirate and then they get pneumonia, like they, they could die from that. Like that would suck. Um, but that's a treatable thing. Like even if they get aspiration pneumonia, like it's not guaranteed that they'll survive, but like, but if they have ethylene glycol and they got a toxic amount and you miss the window, they will die. Like that's just, there's a couple of reports of animals surviving, but I'm like, they probably just didn't get a full toxic dose or something. Like it's just, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. Um, and they're going to die and it sucks. And I don't want that to happen because people didn't move fast enough because they felt like they had time. So that's like the huge thing. Is there any like long-term damage? What do you mean? Like if, when you treat it. So let's say I treat it in the last possible moment and it (laughs) saves it. Um, is there, is like the liver going to have any damage or anything? The liver's going to be fine. Liver's like whatever. Uh, liver's super resilient. Um, so the, Again, like I've I've been saying, the you're probably nephrons. Some nephrons are probably lost anytime you get any ethylene glycol. But you have like millions of nephrons, um, and as long as you don't lose seventy five percent of those. Now, how many did this animal start with? Let's say it started at birth with, you know, ten million, and so you need, um, you know, two and a half million is what you need to function. But you know, this is a four year old dog, and it's already it's, it's already down to like nine million or something like that. So what are nephrons again? Sorry, that's the functional unit of the kidney. So that's where you have the glomerulus going into the tubules, which is where you filter the proteins out, and then you make urine. And you have millions of each each little one. It's like a tiny mini kidney, and you put a ton of them together, um, and then they make all of the urine to collectively. Is that kind of yeah. make some sense? Um, so the nephron is the piece functional of the kidney unit. is a nephron. Yeah. So, um, but each one you lose, you, you know, in this case, you lose it forever. The kidneys can heal from certain things, but not, not from methylene glycol. Um, they, they done. So, um, I, I didn't mention a third treatment, which is for most listeners, not going to be a viable option. Do you know what it is? Is it suck out the poison? 
Never, it's not, that's never the answer. Um, it's dialysis. Um, so if you have dialysis at your facility or you are 30 minutes away from a place that has it, this is kind of falls under the same thing. If you're going to send them three hours to a place for dialysis, it's probably not a good idea. Like that's not the time window we're, we're talking about. You need to just treat them, get them drunk now. Um, because by the time they get to that other place, okay, it took you, it took an hour where you were, how long did it take them to get to you? So maybe we're at like two hours and they drive three hours to somewhere else. And then by the time they get everything set, we're now at seven hours, like nephrons were dying on that drive. It's because not worth it. Dallas is kind of like a fake kidney. Like yeah. So what dialysis will do, will filter out the ethylene glycol before you ever have a chance to do it. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so you, you don't, just get it out of the you blood. You would just do dialysis in that case. Yeah. It would you would go through the machine. Exactly. And so that is the preferred treatment. Um, that is going to be the best thing you can do because now um, you're just getting it out of the system. But very few places have that readily available. And so again, if you're sending them 20 minutes down the road to a place with dialysis, sure. But there are not very many places in the world that have that option where either you have dialysis readily available or it's nearby. So if you're packing them up and sending them two to three hours on the road, in my opinion, this is not a good system um, because minutes matter. So um, now do, do you need to have walking around knowledge for what the treatment is? I don't know. You don't have to. In fact, when we had this case like a month or so ago, people were like, what's the, how do you do it with that? We, we, we had four MP, um, but they were like, well, how do you give the ethanol? What's the dose? I'm like, I don't know. I look it up because this is not like, yeah. this isn't the kind of thing I'm doing every other week that I have that dose memorized. But what I remember is I need to act now. And so while you're getting the catheter in, I'm going to go look up the dose of ethanol, right? Like whatever. Like I don't have to have that as well. You don't have to have these details as walking around knowledge. Where do you go to look up stuff like that? You just look at papers? You can. um, There are going to be toxicology textbooks. Honestly, if you were to Google, we should try it. If you Google ethylene glycol uh, toxicity dog ethanol treatment. That's a lot of words. All right, fine. I'll do it. So, hey Siri. Hey Siri. Let's try this. Search ethylene glycol toxicity dog ethanol treatment let's see how she does she she's ignoring me <laughs> the little the little like swirly thing came up and then she was just like no all right so i'm gonna type in ethylene glycol tox dogs i just did tox ethanol let's see what i find all right so what the first thing comes up is merck veterinary manual and then it says in dogs for MP. Cool. That's not what I wanted. You're wasting seconds, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Somebody's still, they're still, you're putting the catheter in. That's going to take you like 12 minutes for that. Um, it still could be on here. I'm like, let me cl- click on this. Um, do you have your, yeah, we're going to accept cookies. I feel like you should actually get cookies for that. Um, the minimum, no, I don't care about that. Yep, 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 all this stuff. 30 minutes, blah, 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 blah. Pigs, poultry, lesions. Oh, is this like one of those recipe things nowadays where you want to find the recipe and there's like a whole blog? No, this is just telling you about the... um, One summer I decided to cure antifreeze and... (laughs) Yeah, it is kind of like that. beautiful bouquet beforehand. Yeah, so this is saying 20% ethanol boluses. So let's see, blah, 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 don't care about that. Don't care, don't care, don't care. The activity of alcohol is decreased by direct inactivation by competitive inhibition. 
that's like one sentence for what we've spent all that time talking about. <laughs> in dogs, 4MP effectively inactivates it. Okay, the dosage for 4MP, don't care. Commercial formulations, blah, 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 blah. All right, if 4MP is not available, an ethanol regimen, 5.5 mils of 20% ethanol per kilogram body weight, IV, every four hours for five treatments, and then every six hours for four additional treatments is recommended. So that's the first thing I found. Sounds legitimate. Let's start with that. So what I would do is be like, all right, you got that catheter in? All right, you got the vodka? Boom, let's give this first dose. Then I would spend a little bit more time looking it up some more. Maybe I found something else that does it slightly differently, but at least I've got something in the animal going right now. Um, this one has um, for cats, same thing, ethanol, five mils of 20% ethanol per, kil per kilogram. Um, yep. And then this one says it's a drip over six hours for five treatments and then blah, blah, blah. Uh, lastly, for dogs and cats, 30% ethanol can be administered at 1.3 mils per kg, followed by 0.42 mils uh, per kg per hour constant rate infusion for 48 hours. This may approach this approach may increase ease of monitoring and the maintenance of blood glucose levels. Um, CNS signs may be less likely to wax and wane. So there you go. Just that took me less than five minutes to find that. So I would just get started with something. Now you might have a favorite toxicology textbook, and that's fine. You again, you're not going to have a hard time finding this. You're just not. Um, that was, I was like trying to multitask here, looking it up on my phone <laughs> while trying to record a podcast. Um, it's going to be way easier if I'm, I'm not at work right now. So if it's at work, I'd have a lot better access to resources. Um, and a keyboard. And a keyboard. Yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to use one thumb. Yeah, we're not young enough to do that. <laughs> I also never use my thumb, but I'm, yeah, one hand holding a microphone, one hand holding a phone. Siri bailed on me and I still managed to find it in less than five minutes. So... All that to say is that's what I want you to do. Not you, Topher. You should stay out of this. <laughs> but you listening, uh, I just want you to work fast. And you guys can find that on the internet way faster than I could. Um, and yeah, and we just, just got to go. Got to make it happen. Just do it. Do it now. Don't be afraid of screwing it up because if you screw it up just a Amazon little bit. Now. <laughs> Amazon now. The, the biggest mistake you can make with ethylene glycol intoxication is delaying things, is going slow. That is the error that gets made. That's what I don't want you all to do. That's it. That's that's the whole That's show. the episode. I mean, yeah, that's the most important thing. Are you going to stop it already? Okay, that was it. Uh, yeah, if anybody has any comments, send them quickly. <laughs> um, time is of the essence. Save those antifreeze patients. You can do it. You just got to move quickly. Don't doubt yourself. Just go. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>